My babies fly like a jet stream. Yeah, baby. Just singing, baby. Welcome to Tay 2Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy we New Year! We made it to Woo. 2021. Woo! In our last episode, we talked about Taylor's three original Christmas songs. And today, we are discussing the song, Kala what you want, eh, Kala what you want to, from Reputation. It took two letters, but we finally have our first reputation song, as well as our first C. First C, if you don't count the Christmas songs. Yeah. but Those were a special. That was so a they special, so it's fine. Yeah. It's the first C. Call It What You Want is the 14th track on Reputation. Reputation was released on November 10th, 2017. This song was co-written by Jack Antonoff. Call What You Want has been performed live 55 times by Taylor. 53 were on her Reputation World Tour in 2018, and she played it twice in 2017, once on Sirius XM and a really cool acoustic version on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. It's so good. Check it, is it out. on the YouTubes. Yes. Yeah. Devin, what do you think about this song? So this song has really grown on me over the course of my, what I like to call, Swifty conversion, Mm. if you will. Reputation was not an album I was initially drawn to. It was a pop and R&B album that kind of I didn't really get, Mm -hmm. and the sound of it was jarring to me, and it was very different from her sound on 1989, which I really enjoyed, which, you know, thinking about that, that was also pop, Mm -hmm. but kind of a different vibe. Mm-hmm. If you will, mm-hmm. a little bit more mainstream, maybe. Yeah, I don't like know. Pop, pop. Yeah, and this was two years into our relationship, right? And so this was what, give or take, and almost, almost. And you were like all about it. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, because look what you made me do was the first single. Yeah. And that really turned me off. Yeah. Well, I hated who, that song when it first came yeah, out. Yeah. People who hadn't been through the journey with Taylor didn't get that song no. the same way. And I did not, obviously. Mm-hmm. But through my Swifty conversion, Reputation is now one of my favorite albums. And yeah. like listening to it and really understanding what's behind the songs and everything. I have really grown to enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, and how you first reacted to Reputation is exactly why you weren't invited to the concert. Exactly. (laughs) Throwback to uh, our initial episode of uh, Gina getting invited, and not me. (laughs) This song is really interesting. It's the 14th track, and we've had this whole journey through the album, which... Obviously, since we're doing this in alphabetical order, we don't get to have that journey this time. But Mm -hmm. obviously, listeners can go and listen to the album straight through. And it's this really cathartic kind of album where she starts off like really angry Mm -hmm. and like going at everybody who's told her like, no, and you're terrible and you're, you know, a slut and you're like not worth it. And everything. And she gets to the end and she has like this kind of epiphany of like, yeah, 
I I can deal with it though. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm me. I'm I'm whole. Like I am figuring myself out, mm-hmm. you know. And she in this song she has this relationship now. And at the point, did we know who this relationship was that this song is written about? Yeah, I think when it came out, we knew she was dating Joe. Okay. Yeah. So this was like something very wonderful for her. Mm-hmm. And this song really encapsulates that, I think. It, it It's an interesting structure of the song because the first parts of the verses are very negative and they're about all the people who are really not liking her and mm-hmm. saying bad things about her. And then the second parts of the verse are saying, well, that happens and that is happening, but I have this mm-hmm. that I can go home to and that this person walks to me and with his head down and he's he's coming for me. And it's really neat that she's able to acknowledge the bad Mm -hmm. in the song, but then switch it over to a really wonderful thing that she has with, with this relationship. And one of the big lines that I kind of think hits on that is all the drama queens taking swings, all the jokers dressing up as Kings. They faded nothing when I look at him, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's kind of, I feel to me like the keystone line of the whole song. Mm. So I really, really like this song and it's really grown on me and I love the bridge. Yeah. The bridge is so, so good. So good. It it took you a while to get this song Mm -hmm. and I'm really glad that you're here. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Gab? So this is one of my all-time favorite Taylor songs. For those of you who follow us on Instagram, when we posted our top 20 at the start of our podcast journey, you'll see that this song was ranked number seven Seven. for me out of all of Taylor's songs at the time. So, of course, that didn't include Evermore yet. And, you know, some things might change in my top 20, but I feel pretty certain that this song is going to stay in the top 10. I love that. Because of how it makes me feel. Mm. And it's so interesting because... I think being such a hardcore Swifty and caring so much about Taylor, this song and going through this journey with her all these years, this song just means so much in that way. Yeah. Part of why I love it so much, too, is because of what it meant for Taylor when she released it, where she was in her life at that time. Mm. Um, You know, as most of us know, 2016 was a very rough year for Taylor and we're going to get into that in Gossip Gab, the details of that, unfortunately. But I remember seeing the lyric video for the first time when she released it. And it came out after the release of Look What You Made Me Do, which mm. I will say was really fun for Swifties. But the song itself wasn't what we were necessarily hoping for in terms of sound for Taylor. Sure. So when this came out, I was like, this album is going to be fantastic. I just <laughs> knew. And so the lyric video came out. And then also she had the acoustic performance on SNL Mm -hmm. uh, that we mentioned earlier. And I just remember watching her and just being so happy and proud of Taylor for what she went through and how she came out on the other side, knowing what was truly important to her, how she was working on not caring what people who didn't know her thought about her. She had a tougher skin. Mm. And ultimately, she understood who was in her corner. Yeah. Her fans who were going to stay there for her through it all. And... The people who were truly her friends. Mm. So she went through all of this to find truly who her people were. And I feel like this song kind of encapsulates that idea. Yeah. In the SNL performance, when she says the line, I'm doing better than I ever was in the beginning, she has this little smile. And you just know. I remember watching it and being like, 
oh my God, I'm so happy for you. You Mm. made it through. You're doing okay. Like you found this love. He helped you get through it. Like you know what matters and what doesn't. And it's just this like this sneaky smile that like you just know. And you like knowing what she's been through too, you're just like, yes, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, So it still gives me chills. I rewatched that video last night and it made me emotional. Yeah. I just watched it today. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And just the acoustic... It makes it so vulnerable and, mm-hmm. like, raw. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it's really cool version of it. Yeah, and just the idea of her coming back and putting herself out there again. Like, mm-hmm. it was brave to do that, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, whenever... I've heard this song so many times over the years, and there's still sometimes when I listen to it closely, it still can hit me in that emotional place, and I can still feel it. And, like, what it meant for Taylor and also, like, what it meant that Taylor found this kind of love because I knew that that was something she'd been searching for for so many years. Mm. So being happy for her in that sense, Mm -hmm. too. And that she went through all this crap and on the other side, like, found love and found herself and, like, truly knew that she could handle all the other stuff because of that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So just I just adore this song. So, Gab, it seems like you can relate to this song. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) What's new about Taylor Swift songs that Gab can't relate to? Yeah, right? I find something in all of them. Everything. (laughs) She speaks to me, remember? I mean, her songs are wildly relatable. Yes, they are. That's why she's so good at what she does and she's remained as famous and popular as she has. Yeah. She continues she to be relevant. amazing songs. Yeah. Yes. So this song came out around the time that you and I had been dating for almost two years. And at that time, we'd been talking about moving in together. That's right. Which was very big deal for me and was a time when I knew we were really committed and you were my person because I wasn't going to move in and live with someone who wasn't that. Yeah. So... I felt in line with Taylor when she, like when I heard this song in terms of that feeling of finding that right person and knowing that they truly know you and are there for you. Hmm. And I love the lines. I want to wear his initial on a chain around my neck, chain around my neck, not because he owns me, because he really knows me, which is more than they can say. I, I recall late November holding my breath. Slowly I said, you don't need to save me, but would you run away with me? Yes. Great bridge. It's just beautiful. (laughs) It's It's so so good. good. And, you know, she's just saying, like, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because you know me to my core and you are here for me. And I understand and I relate to that feeling so well. And just, like, knowing someone in that way and then feeling known in Mm. that way and feeling seen in that way for the first time, like, that true, real, deep, like, Mm. you saw me. It's just a beautiful thing. It's really amazing. (laughs) And just that that's what this song makes me think of. That's what those lines make me think of. And, like, regardless of, like, what else was going on in my life at that time or even later as I listened to it. Yeah, because that was a crazy time. It was a crazy time. And, like, regardless of all of that, like... I had done this right. I had done this one thing right. I had found someone who was like a perfect match for me. And I don't even know how it happened. Like, I don't even know how we got so lucky. And like, <laughs> it's just so cool. Yeah, and like, cool. something that's, you know, worth putting in that work for and worth fighting for and that ultimately you can be your real self with. And it doesn't matter if other people don't see you as that true self mm. because you see me as that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was just really proud of that feeling and proud of our relationship. And then also really proud of Taylor and Mm -hmm. this adult relationship she's in and how 
that lined up. Uh, And Taylor talked about this in the prologue letter to the Reputation album, Mm. which, you know, we'll share bits and pieces of as we go through our rep songs. Um, But this is one section that kind of applies to this idea. She says, Ultimately, we post photos online to curate what strangers think of us. But then we wake up, look in the mirror at our faces, and see the cracks and scars and blemishes and cringe. We hope someday we'll meet someone who will see that same morning face and instead see their future, their partner, their forever. Someone who will still choose us even when they see all of the sides of the story, all the angles of the kaleidoscope that is you. I love that Taylor quote. I love that. Taylor and I found our forevers at the same time. And I also love that, like, there's a lot of lover era foreshadowing, Mm -hmm. even as she's at the release of Reputation here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just even that idea, like, you don't need to save me, but would you run away with me? Like, there are going to be struggles, and there have been over these years since Mm -hmm. this song was released. And, you know... You save yourself. You don't need your partner to save you. But knowing that they're always in your corner Mm -hmm. is just like an amazing thing. So It is. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. That's what this song means to me. (laughs) Wow, boy. (laughs) Which is why I love it so much. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I relate to it in the exact same way. I mean, this is a song about someone who has been dealing with a whole bunch of stuff out in life, but then can return to their grounding force, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what you are. Mm. And no matter what my day is like, no matter if I have a crappy day at work or if my coffee shop isn't open (laughs) for some reason or whatever, and I can't get my coffee, (laughs) I can come home to you and just be able to talk it out and Mm. be able to know that you're in my corner, really, no matter what. And Mm. we're always on the same page which is crazy and yeah like you said like there's gonna be tough moments and there's gonna be you know we're gonna fight about stuff and like that's fine Mm -hmm. and that happens and whatever but at the end of the day like it's you and me and like every anybody can call what they want but um we we call it we call it true love (laughs) and a pretty solid relationship so that's what i will call it if i want to You know, it, it's really cool. I mean, I've never had anybody, I don't think, vocally, publicly call me names or like try to ruin my career or mm. my life yeah. or anything. So I can't really relate to that aspect of mm. the song. But in terms of everyday stuff, yeah. of hardships and like crappy Being days. misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And knowing that, that there's somebody who has my back. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And now we get on to the segment of... Gossip Ooh, guys, <laughs> I've already determined that reputation gossip gabs are going to be super tough. Oof. This is a long gossip gab, so settle in. Delving back into all the 2016 drama was not fun. <laughs> it was, it's, it's a messy time for Taylor, and a lot of us don't like to rehash it. But as we're going through reputation, it's going to be important that we do, because not all of our listeners followed along then mm-hmm. not all of our listeners including uh, myself including you not all of our listeners were even of an age maybe where they were listening to her music mm-hmm. then so it's important for us to go into it to give context but yes it's a doozy lover era taylor is a very different taylor than reputation yeah very like, different. crazy yeah so here we go in 2016 kanye west released a song called famous which had the following lyrics 
I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. Which Taylor publicly spoke out against, notably in her Grammy-winning speech for Album of the Year, and specifically she targeted the line where he called her a bitch and said he made her famous. Disgusting. So here's the quote of what Taylor said in response. This was like the day or the week after that song came out. The Grammys Mm. were held. So this is the quote that when she accepted her award for Album of the Year... For 1989. As the first woman to win a Grammy for Album of the Year twice, I want to say to all the young women out there, there will be people along the way who try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday, when you get where you're going, you'll look around and you'll know that it was you and the people who love you who put you there. And that will be the greatest feeling in the world. Mm. And I remember watching that speech and being like, oh, she went there, but also being like, good for you, Taylor. Yeah. Because it's true. Rising above it. And it's, well, not necessarily, just making a statement well, about it. She's, she's making a statement about it, but she isn't, you know, going down to his level. She's, she's on a very, like, mature, higher level and being like, yeah, he said these things about me, but, like, I'm not going to let them... Yeah, and responding to that. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I very much enjoyed that speech. Mm-hmm. We'll get into more of my feelings on it later, because I'm giving you the exposition first. I see, I see, I see. So, obviously, Team Kanye did not take that speech well, or the narrative of Taylor speaking out about the song lyric, because, according to Kim Kardashian, Taylor had approved the lyric. Oh. So, on July 17, 2016, Kim Kardashian released an edited version of a video of Kanye speaking with Taylor on the phone. Oh. So, he was making, uh, like, documenting his making of his album. Mm-hmm. So, they were filming him at all times. So, while he was on the phone with Taylor, there was a videographer filming him. Okay, and Taylor's on speakerphone. In this video, Taylor gives approval for the lyric, I think me and Taylor might still have sex, but not the other lyric, which was the one she had issue with, the one about that I made that bitch famous. Mm -hmm. That lyric might not have been written at the time that she gave the approval, but that whole section of the song is not mentioned in the video. Interesting. So this video was released on Kim's Snapchat, which was huge still at the time. I think people still use Snapchat, but at the time, like, everyone was using Snapchat. And it was released in conjunction with an episode of Keeping Up the Kardashians that was discussing this and defending Mm. Kanye. For those of you who are listening who don't know, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are married. Hopefully everyone knows that, but I'm I'm not sure. Hopefully, yeah. I know, like, my parents might not. (laughs) (laughs) So Kim was defending Kanye because she felt Taylor had given approval. So this was an episode of Keeping Up the Kardashians was released with this video, basically showing Taylor as a liar. But it's really semantics based Mm. on what Taylor was actually talking about and what Mm -hmm. was in the video. It didn't matter at that point. So what proceeded was a complete internet turn on Taylor, known as the Taylor Swift is over party. Right. So millions of people posted snake emojis on Taylor's account. Taylor was called fake and a liar by tons of regular people, by celebrities, other people in the music industry. It was just like a pile on. Like everyone... Couldn't wait to see Taylor fall. And everyone was so excited. Because Taylor was at the top of her game at that Mm -hmm. point. Because it was 1989. Had done so well. And Mm -hmm. she was so famous. And so, like, in the public eye. That, like, people were ready to 
really to tear her down. Wow. And people were ready to call her fake and a liar. Like they they wanted that narrative to be the narrative. Yeah. There was a whole point. It was a, it was a very messy back and forth at this time. Mm. Taylor posted a you know when you write the note on your phone and then you post it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She posted it um, asking to be excluded from the narrative that she did not start with Kim and Kanye because it started in 2009 with Kanye interrupting her. They had eventually made peace over that. Yeah. And then this continued. And she just didn't want to have anything to do with mm. their drama anymore. Mm. I've loved this this note because for years I liked to continue just saying, please exclude me from that narrative. Oh, yeah. It's such a great That's line. a great line. It wasn't great at the time. At the time, it was very upsetting. And so she posted this. She got so much hate. Like, it was basically like a canceling of Taylor Swift. Before we even had the term cancel, it wasn't mm. as big of a thing then. Because at this point, like, Me Too hadn't happened, mm-hmm. anything like that. So canceling people wasn't in the lexicon in the mm. same way at, the sa- at that time. Taylor ended up deleting all of her posts from her Instagram account and basically going into hiding for a little over a year. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. So it was a full turn on her. And, like, people were, like, joyous about it. And there were a million think pieces, like, all about it. It was the news cycle. It was all about this. And none of it was positive about Taylor. It was all like, we caught you, you liar, basically. Wow. So I actually used to watch the Kardashians at that time. And I clearly remember this night and how awful it was as a fan. The actual footage, like, I saw the Snapchat video and, like, watched the stuff. The actual footage was, like, pretty incriminating, honestly. It was, like, it was a bad look for Taylor and Mm. a bad look as a fan of Taylor's. You, like, didn't know how to feel. But also, it didn't show her approving the line she actually took issue with. Mm. So... When like with what her publicist released the information and like talking about like not knowing how you'll feel, how you would experience someone calling you that bitch in a song yeah. and the whole I made her famous like those are the lines that she really took issue with sure not the other part and the video never shows her approving yeah that but ultimately no one on the internet cared about that like or cared about the semantics they sure. were just like writing to yeah cancel her and hate her. And a lot of people had already hate-listened to Taylor Swift at that time, too. Like, no one really, like, wanted to see her succeed, even though she was so popular. Like, it was, like, cool to hate Taylor Swift, almost. Yeah. So, for those of us who were Taylor Swift apologists, like myself, we were super outnumbered, super defensive, and, like, very conflicted. Like, I had to... I remember defending Taylor and explaining the situation over and over again. Wow. And no one cared. No one wanted to hear it. Everyone's like, whatever. You're just like making excuses for her, basically. I had a lot of friends who even stopped listening to Taylor's music after this whole episode. What? Yeah, like, which is honestly a shame because uh, she's made some of her best music in the last five years. I think some people are coming back around to her with Folklore and Evermore. But, like, for years, there were people who were like, whatever, I don't need to listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. It was a really dark time for Taylor And it was a dark time for a lot of us fans who cared so much about her because she had been so interactive with us and then suddenly it just, like, went dark. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously it was, like, a really hard time for Taylor. And, you know, she was basically in hiding. She felt like everyone hated her. Mm. Like, it was, you know, when they always say, you know, no matter how much love you get, it's always the negative voices that are the loudest. And here it was millions and millions of people. Like, I can't even imagine that level of receiving hate online from the media, articles, like everywhere you went, this narrative was out there. So it was really rough. And I think part of it, too, was, you know, it's not like Taylor was fully like just like the victim in all of this either. You know, part of the narrative was, oh, she always plays the victim. That was part of the critique Mm -hmm. of her. So she did have 
some culpability in this, but not in the level that she was attacked yeah, at, totally. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, I think she would say that, like, even, like, rebuilding that relationship with Kanye and Kim was probably a mistake. She should have kept them more separate, you yeah, know? Yeah, totally. But from all of this darkness came Reputation, which honestly I think is one of Taylor's best albums. Mm. Also, I have to add in that this past year, in 2020, this summer, the full footage of that video was leaked. And it told more of the story than Kim Kardashian originally made it appear. So it really, it showed the full conversation and that Kanye didn't call Taylor just to get approval. He called to ask her if she would help him promote the song and make it you know, known. And we have to also mention that in the music video for Famous, everyone who's kind of mentioned in it is was shown like naked in a orgy, like in a bed together. So like there's like this like fake weird like mannequin almost of Taylor, like naked. What? So that was also really weird and off-putting. Weird. Yeah. All of that being said, in terms of that line and how I feel about it, I firmly believe that Kanye did not make Taylor famous, as a lot of her fans... I would agree. ...would totally agree. I think that it was us as her fans who made her famous... And helped continue famous, continue her fame. And she was winning an award in 2009 at the VMAs when he interrupted her that first time. That's right. Yeah. Which, even when you watch that video back, it's so cringeworthy. It's the most so cringeworthy. cringeworthy. So, you know, this whole narrative started. It was Kanye driving it... And Taylor never wanted to be part of any of it. No. And though I feel really strongly about this and really strongly that he did not make her famous, like the people who maybe didn't know about her before then just weren't her listeners. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Unfortunately, this Kanye narrative will continue to come up again in future songs. Yeah. Um, because it has played such a role in her life for like Apparently, 10 years, yeah. which kind of sucks. And though like I feel strongly about these different things, I also want to say that this podcast is not going to be a place where we trash Kanye. We recognize that he's ill, not receiving proper treatment, and maybe never has. Yeah. So in that way, I feel for him. I feel for him how public his episodes and outbursts have been. You know, we can still disagree with him and critique him. But I always want it done with the understanding that, like, he's ill. He hasn't gotten the help he needs. He's in the public eye. He might never get that help. So, like, what his role has been in Taylor's life sucked. Yeah. But also, he needs so, so much help. Like, all of the help. Yeah. So I don't want to ever do, like, a Kanye pile-on, even though, like, he says so many problematic things because of the help he really needs to get. Yeah. So long story short, but I'm (laughs) Um, It was a bad time. It was a bad time. (laughs) That narrative is summed up in the following lines of Call It What You Want, which is why I had to tell that whole story. Of course, yeah. My castle crumbled overnight. I brought a knife to a gunfight. They took the crown, but it's all right. All the liars are calling me one. Nobody's heard from me for months. Mm -hmm. So that kind of sums up that story I just told. And then also, all the drama queens taking swings, all the jokers dressing up as kings, they fade to nothing when I look at him. Yep. As you mentioned earlier. Uh So those lines talk about this conflict this is what she is referring to and how she came out on the other side yeah in regards to call it what you want taylor said the way i feel the album is as far as a storyline is i feel like it starts with just getting out any kind of rebellion or anger or angst or whatever and then like falling in love and realizing that you kind of settle into what your priorities are and your life changes but you welcome it because it's something that matters to you and this last part of the album 
feels like settling into where I am now. So it started with where I was when I started making the album and ends with kind of my emotional state now. And this song, I think, really reflects that probably the best on the album. Okay, can I just say that I didn't know that quote existed and my take at the very beginning of this episode was that? Yeah, you nailed it completely. Like, like check mark. Devin. Exactly. Devin checked it. Devin understands the song. Devin understands (laughs) and lyrics so it's 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 all that uh it's all that song breakdown structure stuff in college music musical musical theater breakdown songs (laughs) you get it i get it and storytelling you're good at storytelling yeah yeah Yeah, so it just it shows taylor's reflection and recovery from what happened to her in 2016 and then how joe's love and support played such a huge role in her realizing that, finding her priorities, it's just, it's all of it. And this song is just like, she's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this album's quite the journey. Yeah, and I think this album just means so much more to her fans. I bet. Because she had lost so many. And the fact, too, and we'll get to this as we talk about more about reputation, but she sold out stadium tours and we yeah. were all there for her. And it was like, Taylor, we're still here. None of that stuff matters yeah. because we've got you. I mean, like when we were talking about some of her collaboration songs and how some of these artists get to perform with her, I think it was Sugarland, yeah. like on these wildly gigantic stages mm-hmm. that they would never perform on otherwise. Yeah. And to say that Taylor in this reputation tour sold out what, like 80 stadiums? Yeah, something complete, like, that. like, yeah. Insane, like 45,000 people in each stadium. Yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. And that was all after this cancellation. Exactly. Party. Exactly. Like, and the fact that, too, she learned, like, she doesn't need everyone to like her. And those people who weren't there for her and yep. were, you know, fickle, fleeting friends, whatever, they, she didn't need them. Nope. And the fans that she had that stayed with her, that's all she needed and her real people. Yeah. And so it's this special bond, I think, that us as fans also have with Taylor because we went through it all with her. I love that. And it wasn't cool to be a Taylor Swift fan during this time. Yeah. And like, so that was like I a know, thing. I didn't, I didn't like the I album. I know. <laughs> Even though you didn't really know about the whole all No, of I didn't know any story. of it. I was like, but this yeah. isn't 1989. Yeah. And we all were like, no, but this album is what she needed to release now. Yeah. And I think it'll, because of that, always be one of my favorite of her albums. Yeah. Devin, what's your favorite line in Call What You Want? So I really like the line, and it's a short one. I just really love, starry eyes sparking up my darkest nights. Mm. (laughs) I mean, that's just what I think of your eyes, you know, because like they are, you know, your beautiful green eyes. Mm -hmm. It's just, I love that image Mm -hmm. and... I think it's also because I um, have a line like that in the song that I'm writing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, I like it yeah, a lot. It's a good line. Yeah, what about you? Okay, I have two, sorry. Okay, so the first one is, and I know I make the same mistakes every time. Bridges burn, I never learn. At least I did one thing right. Mm-hmm. I feel this line so deeply. Like, I really connect to this line. And just like, I know sometimes... I can be tough to be in a relationship with or to be friends with. And I know that sometimes my anxiety or stress can make me lash out at people who I care about. And that's something I've worked on for a while. And this idea of at least I did one thing right is that like I worked on that and like still am. And it's all for the better of our relationship. And 
I don't know. I, I just really feel it in that way. My other line that I really love, um, and I feel like we can't talk about this song without mentioning this line because it's so good, is all my flowers grew back as thorns. Oh. I love it. And like, I mean, unfortunately, this had to happen with Taylor, but I do think with how public she was, you know, something was going to happen. She was way too out there. She had to create a tougher skin. Yep. She had to back away from the public for her life to truly get to be hers. Yeah. And I think that this incident taught her that lesson and it's continued. Yeah. And though I miss getting to see her all the time, I'm also really happy for her that she's found this privacy yeah. and this protection. Yeah. And that when we do get moments of her, they're usually like, starbursts now yeah like every ounce of things that she gives to us is just brilliant at this point exactly and we're always like it's just like a christmas gift every single time exactly yeah and she still like is giving us those things she's just also protecting a part of herself and as someone who cares about her like i'm really glad that she's able to do that yeah i agree okay Devin. okay from one to ten, chains around your neck. Oh, what rating good. do you give this song? Wow, that's a yeah. good one. That's Shout good. out to uh, BP. She, she BP came up with for it. that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give this eight okay. chains around my neck. Okay, and that's only because it's still such a new song for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's an eight, and you know, I've listened to it this much, and I love it this much, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a great song. Yeah. I don't really have much to say about it yeah you know? it's a good rating uh say poorly about it yeah so yeah i'm gonna give it eight what about you how many chains around your neck would you give this song i would give this song 10 chains around my neck <laughs> wow is that a surprise Huge to anyone surprise of course not it's in my top 10 taylor <laughs> songs of all time this song gets a 10 I love it. As you all know, I feel it. I relate to it. I relate to it in terms of how I feel about Taylor. It's it's just a fantastic song. And it's also like a fairly simple song. Yeah. And I just really love it. I love it. So, so 10 good. for Call What You Want. All right. Keep listening along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Tay to Z Podcast. Give us your thoughts. How many chains around your neck would you give this song? Do you feel this song the same way? Was 2016 as tough for you? Were you a fan then? Mm. When did you become a fan? Uh, We want to hear it all. Also remember to rate, review, and subscribe on all your different podcast platforms. Yeah. So next episode, we'll be covering one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. Cardigan from Folklore. Yes. Finishing that teenage love triangle. Come hang with us. (laughs) I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. See you next time. Bye.